This is Coach Lou Holtz, and you're listening to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast with Dr. Amber Latner. From the locker room to the boardroom, Dr. Amber is the best in the business at helping you and your team build the mindset that drives results. So lock in. If you can take just one thing away from today and implement it into your life, I know you'll not only be a better person, but also a better athlete, coach, leader, parent, or spouse because of it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Building Championship Mindsets, the podcast. This is your host, Dr. Amber Latner, and I am so excited for our episode today. Coming up in just a little bit, we're going to have a featured guest, Mr. Bruce Bowen, a good friend of mine, and as you all know him, the, the three-time NBA champion who is currently an NBA analyst for ESPN and an awesome daddy to two. So we're going to be talking to him later about his experiences in terms of a strong mental game as both a former former athlete, as a current professional, and as a dad. So stay tuned for just a little bit to hear hear from Bruce. To give our listeners who are perhaps joining us for the first time an overview of the podcast in general and, and where we're going throughout this journey together of season one, I want to start with recapping a little bit about what we talked about in episode one. So again, a little bit of personal background. I had my PhD from the University of Missouri in applied sports psychology, where I was able to work in the SEC athletic department there and learn from my mentor and advisor, Dr. Rick McGuire, who was just a leader in the sports psych field in general. And prior to that, my master's in sport and performance psychology at the University of Denver. And then I also um, operate an own, my own consulting company, where we emphasize the power of mindset and leadership to drive performance excellence. And so from the locker room to the boardroom, Room, we're really looking at optimizing human performance in sport, in business, and in life in general. And so in episode one, we talked about what is a mindset and what is the power of positive thinking. So a mindset, as a reminder, is just a patterned way of thinking about a situation, which often determines then how we engage or respond and react to that situation. Thoughts and the power behind positive thoughts in general, we learned that that thoughts become actual physical matter in our brain. So the more we think something, that gets wired into our brain as an actual protein pattern. And we know that positive thinking and positive mindsets or, or those recurring protein patterns that we can build in our brain help us think more clearly, help us think more creatively, and problem solve better. And so throughout the course of this this podcast and, and the purpose of the podcast in general is to help our listeners really understand what are the championship mindsets that we can and should have in life. And in each episode, we're going to share some tools and strategies that can help start building those mindsets in our listeners. Now, season one is entitled Building Your Mental Performance Foundation. And one of the things that I've noted as a sports psych consultant and mental performance consultant to people in both the business and the sports space is that a lot of people want to talk about higher order ways of thinking and operating without first having a solid base and a solid foundation of understanding how our brain works and 
and then how we can use it to position ourselves to be successful. And so I've developed a foundational training program that I make all of my clients go through, whether they're my little guys, my little nine-year-olds that I work with, or the 30, 40, 50-year-old professionals that, that I work with, to help them all, again, grasp some foundational elements about how our brain works and how we can use it to position ourselves to be successful. So today, we're looking at building block number one, which is awareness. And so Bruce Bowen is going to join us in just a little bit to share his understanding of awareness and applications throughout the course of his career. And But before we hear from him, I want to share a little bit more of the science background behind that to, to help us each understand more deeply of why this is so important and how this really tees up everything else we're trying to do from per- personal and professional standpoint. You know, a lot of times I share with my clients, awareness is not the sexiest topic to start with, let's say, but it is one of the most important. And so each week, the building blocks are going to grow and build on themselves. And so, you know, by episode three or four, you're really going to start to see and understand why we started in this place. And so the reality of it is mentally tough individuals and and very successful people have have a firm sense of awareness of everything going on inside them and around them. And the exciting part about awareness is that just like everything else that we're going to talk about, this can be trained. And so our brain has a conscious and a subconscious part. And so when we're first learning something new, there's a lot of processing happening in the conscious portion of our brain. Now, this part of our brain has what's called a limited attentional capacity. So if you imagine your brain um, being like a 12-ounce glass, right, and we fill that 12-ounce glasses with glass with water, well, once it's full, it's full, and, and it can't hold anymore. And, and the same is true with the conscious processing. So, so take yourself back to when you were first learning a skill that you're now very adept at. So if you're a basketball player, let's go back to the first time you learned how to dribble, right? If you're an accountant, let's go back to the first time you started thinking about debits and credits, right? You know, at those initial stages of learning, our conscious brain is processing a ton of information and just trying to get the basics. But as a basketball player or as an accountant, you know, there's some basic skills that you now have that you don't even think about because you've learned it so well that it has now moved into subconscious processing, which then frees your conscious up, right, to learn and to take in more information. And so awareness is so important that we train this up front right away so that we can we can start to become aware of everything going in on inside and around us and get that to move to the subconscious so our conscious is now freed up to take in different types of information and help us respond and react accordingly very quickly um, in relation to, to the, our daily lives, whether that's in athletics or business. One great example that I I always like to use and that everybody can really understand and connect with is Peyton Manning, right? So he's called the field general for a reason. And why is that? Well, because he, he can call an audible at the line of scrimmage better than any quarterback in the league. Well, formerly when he was in the league, right? But but during his tenure, he became excellent at calling the audible because he could take in tremendous amounts of information of what was going on the field. 
on on the field? What personnel was on his side? What personnel was on the opposing side? How were the how was the defense lined up? How how does his offense need to shift to execute and position his team to be successful? Peyton Manning is the king of awareness from an athletic standpoint, or particularly from a football standpoint. And so I want us to think about then how can we learn to call the audible, if you will, in our own lives on a more consistent basis and to help position us to be more successful, whether that, you know, be in a practice when all of a sudden you need to make an adjustment based on, you know, what your team is doing or, or what the opponent is doing in a game situation, or perhaps you're in a meeting in a corporate environment and all of a sudden you start to become aware of, of things going on inside of you and decisions that are being made around the table or points of conversations that are being added. And now all of a sudden we can make minor adjustments in our own game, in our own lives to help strategically position us to have influence in these various domains. Now let's break this down a little bit, right? Because awareness, you know, that's a great topic in general to talk about, but really what does that mean? And and how can we deconstruct this a little bit to, to, perhaps start building it into how we live and function. And so I want to just bring up four basic aspects of awareness that you can start thinking about and becoming aware of in your own life. And the first of that is physical. So physical awareness, what is going on in our bodies? Great athletes and great professionals in any space are very in tune with their bodies, just physical being, right? When do they feel energized? When do they feel energy depleted, right? From an athlete standpoint, where is soreness in your body? Where do you tend to hold that tension? And learning to to really get to know your body and how it's feeling and what it's telling you can help you make adjustments and adaptations throughout the course of your day. The second element of awareness is mental. Right, so mental awareness. We have about seventy to eighty thousand thoughts um, throughout the course of a day, and unfortunately, a lot of us are not really aware of the thoughts that we're thinking. And this is so so important. So, what we know from a sports psychology standpoint is that our thoughts affect our emotions, which affect our physiological, and and that just means our body's response. And ultimately, that's what's going to dictate our performance, right? So again, we go back to our thoughts. That is what sets that whole sequence of thoughts, emotions, body, performance up for success. And so we need to start becoming aware of the thoughts in our head. Because again, what we think about starts to manifest in our brain. We talked earlier about how positive thoughts, right, generate positive protein patterns being built in our brain. But what it also does is then stimulate positive emotions. And so that then has an effect on the body. And let me give you an example of that. So let's say, for example, um, you are a baseball player and you step up to the plate for an at-bat. And your thought is, oh crap, <laughs> right? Then then that emotional reaction is a little bit of fear, a little bit of anxiety. And, and then your body's reaction to that is increased muscle tension, increased heart rate, and your visual field actually narrows. And so, and that is going to decrease your statistical probability of having a great performance, right? So the reverse of that then would be that thought of, 
I've got this. I'm going to crush this, right? The emotional response is a little bit of courage, a little bit of confidence. Now your heart rate starts to settle in. Your muscles relax a little bit. You lock in visually. And now all of a sudden you're positioning yourself to have a higher probability of success. And so becoming aware of just the thoughts in your head are critically important to help to helping you manage and navigate different situations that you're going to encounter throughout the course of a day. Again, if you're a business person, put yourself in that corporate meeting. What are you thinking about there? First of all, are you even engaged in the meeting? Are you thinking about something totally different, right? Um, But on the other side of if you're starting to really think about, well, I wonder what they'll think if I say X, or I wonder how they're perceiving me right now. All of those thoughts stimulate anxiety, fear, self-consciousness, right? And your body's reaction to that is not putting you in a position to be at your very best. And so learning again to take captive of those thoughts and to consider what it is you're actually thinking about is is very important for us as we start building these championship mindsets in how we think about ourselves and in how we think about our roles in, in the work that we do in this life. So, so far we've got physical awareness and mental awareness and the next, next aspect of awareness is emotional. So, so very powerful and influential people have a strong understanding and grasp on their emotions without being emotional, right? So we, we cannot let emotions dictate how we function in this world. And, and however, our emotional reaction and responses sometimes are what we notice. And it, before the, our thoughts precede our emotions, but a lot of times we become aware of the emotion before we're aware of what thought maybe stimulated that emotion. So we need to get very in tune with what our emotional responses to situations are so that we can then go back to the thought portion of this and manage the trajectory of how that will physiologically or or our bodies impact our performance. And the other thing, you know, I, I work a lot predominantly with with men in sport and in the corporate space and and men have a tendency to possess what is called male alexithymia. And what this states is that men tend to generally understand and identify with only five emotions, whereas women tend to um, have a greater spectrum of understanding of their emotions. So for example, you know, anger is not the same thing as rage, right? Which is also not the same thing as frustration, but they're all on sort of the same spectrum. And so learning to identify where on the spectrum is your emotion and really what are you feeling in different scenarios? You know, is it anger or is it actually um, fear? that is being posited as anger. And so learning to understand what your what emotion you're actually having can help us again organize our thinking around different situations that we're in, different scenarios that we find ourselves, and then also who we are in these different situations and scenarios. And then we can go back to to managing our thoughts to help us think more clearly and more succinctly about how to consider this emotion as it relates to positioning ourselves to be successful. The final aspect of awareness that I'd like to bring up and chat a little bit about today is situational awareness. And so the first three were really about self and in internal senses of awareness. But situational is more about understanding what's going on around you, right? And being able to more clearly understand um, the the 
dynamics that are at play from a relational standpoint, or let's say situationally aware of time clock if you're if you're in a sport, right? Um, in baseball, for example, understanding where where batters are on base so that you can make the right decision as both uh, an offensive player and a defensive player. And from a corporate standpoint, you know, being situationally aware of just the competitive landscape and really knowing what are our strengths in the mar- marketplace, what are opportunities in the marketplace, where perhaps we vulnerable, but but where are the gaps that we can really target to stay a step ahead of our, our competition? And this situational awareness allows us to then take the physical, mental, and emotional awareness of self and leverage it strategically in different situations and scenarios to, again, position ourselves and our teams to be successful. And this is really what um, Bruce is going to join us here in, in just a little bit to talk about his experiences of why awareness is has been so important throughout the course of his career and his success in general, and how he tends to think about these elements of physical, mental, emotional, and situational awareness. So stay tuned for for just a little bit. Bruce is Bruce is coming on um, to again share his experiences. But to recap, again, I want you to remember Peyton Manning and and his ability to call the audible. And what does that mean and look like in your own life? How can you call the audible um, even in a dialogue with your significant other or your spouse? You know, all of a sudden you start to become aware of the emotions that you're having in the situation that you're talking about and recognize that you know we're not really on the same page here. Can you call an audible that <laughs> you know call a quick timeout and say? All right, let's step back here and really talk about what's going on because this is going nowhere fast, right? And and this is really how we as individuals, as leaders, as as athletes, as coaches, as spouses can can really start to step up to the plate and and start to have a positive influence and a positive impact on not only our own worlds but those in our spheres of influence. And and this is the mindset of a champion, right? Of being deeply aware of who they are and what's going on around them and what the goal and the mission is so that we can more strategically incorporate who we are and how we are instigating excellence, if you will, in every aspect of our lives. All right. So ladies and gentlemen, it is my pleasure to introduce to you Mr. Bruce Bowen. Bruce, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. How are you doing? I am doing spectacular. It is so wonderful to have you on our show. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, to catch catch our listeners up, Bruce Bowen, if you don't know the man, the myth, and the legend, is the three-time <laughs> NBA champion with the San Antonio Spurs. Um, and he's got two little boys, 9 and 11, that he's now coaching in basketball. So going from stud player to stud dad and coach. <laughs> um, and uh, also serving on ESPN as an NBA analyst. So, Bruce, we are really looking forward um, to kicking off season one of Building Your Mental Performance podcast. Um, and again, season one is entitled Building Your Mental Performance Foundation. So we're really going to walk our listeners through the eight building blocks that in our Latin Performance Group program to 
help them understand how does our brain work and then how can we use it to optimize performance. And so you are the very first of our featured <laughs> guest, and we are very much looking forward to seeing your experiences as a player, as a coach, and as an analyst as it relates to building block number one, which is awareness. So to get us started um, through all of those domains of your life, tell us why, in your opinion, you think awareness is such a foundational element to a strong mental game in whatever it is we do in life. Well, I think it's important that you recognize things. And, and that's the only way that you start to recognize things is through awareness. If we're talking about sports, you have to see the double team. Or mm -hmm. if it's football, you got to see that strong safety coming over the middle as a quarterback. So it's different types of awareness that you have to be really cognizant of. But when it is part of your world, you start to really become more aware of what you're doing on the inside, what's going on inside your body as you're mm -hmm. preparing for a game. So, you know, I, I shared this story with Amber before, and, and it was about this this professor I had, Ken Revisa, who was a, uh, a mental man. coach. Yeah. He, he, he's a mental coach <laughs> for the Angels. And yeah. so this was before I knew how much of a rock star he was. <laughs> okay. Uh, but you know, before games, I, I, I'd have to use the bathroom. I'd have to go use the bathroom. And, and <laughs> so one day in class, he's like, does, does anybody ever have to go pee before a game? And immediately my hand went up. <laughs> and he said, and he, said you know, <laughs> he said, that's a byproduct of, of, of nervousness. And, and it's okay to recognize that nervousness as what it is. Your body is allowing you to understand that hey, something's going on here. Uh, before I can really be ready, I need to go use the restroom. So after I use the restroom, I'm fine. Now, as a guy, the first thing we want, I'm not nervous. Uh -uh, I never get nervous. Give me right. the ball anytime, coach. I'm never nervous. Well, you know what? I learned to accept that nervousness. And this is what I preach to a lot of kids today is that accept that nervousness mm -hmm. because it means you care. Awesome. Absolutely. And so, you know, we talked with our listeners earlier, as you heard about, you know, being aware, uh, mentally aware, what thoughts are we thinking, being emotionally aware of, of our emotions in our body, um, physically aware, right, of our bodies and our muscles in general, mm -hmm. and then finally situationally aware. Do you have any specific examples of a time when you were playing, Bruce, that until a coach really pointed out something to you and you became aware of maybe a tendency that you had or um, something you were doing great or something you maybe weren't doing great, that that awareness all of a sudden gave you an opportunity to come in and excel your performance. Well, I think because of film sessions, mm. <laughs> <laughs> people don't like being so aware of film <laughs> sessions because that eye in the sky never lies. Right. So, you know, what, what ends up happening is that, you know, you have habits. We're all creatures of habits and there are different things that we do under different pressures. Mm, you know, the beginning, the beginning of the game is not when you see a guy going to his bag of tricks. The beginning of the game is usually when someone is trying to, you know, try something out. But the last two minutes of the game, that's when they go back to that habit where they're comfortable. And and to be aware of that, when you watch film, you know, as a defender, I would watch film and I, I'd, I'd watch Kobe's tendencies. Okay. You know, I knew Kobe wanted that right hand late in the game. He wanted to get to a spot where he had different options in order to score and be effective for his team. So let's just take one of those options. One of those options was getting to the right elbow with the pump fake. 
he okay. gets to that elbow and you think he's going up because you're aware of what he does because he's playing at the highest level and he's one of the best to ever play the game. You're, 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 you're on pins and needles. And, you know, that's where for me, the mental preparation would take place. Now you have to be able to slow things down mm. in the midst of a game in order to reflect on all those things the coaches have shown you or those film sessions that you've had. I would, I would do a film session with, you know, the team. Then I also had a, a private one where I would do it just by myself and just kind of watch certain things so I can, you know, become more, as we just said, aware of mm -hmm. some of the things that that Kobe wanted to do. And so, you know, one of those situations was a pump fake. Another one was a, a get you up in the air or better yet, body you a little bit, get you off balance and then shoot a fadeaway. Or he would get right to that elbow and shoot a fadeaway. So, there's three different options right there that he had. And then lastly, he could also turn the corner and get to the basket. So all those different things you had to be aware of. And, and I believe that, you know, some some people think about visualization. Right. And I, 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 I tried that before in college. A coach of mine, Brad Holland, said, you know, I want you to visualize you doing all these wonderful things. You you having a great game. You having this. And. I did it and and we won. And so I'm like I'm like, "Oh man, I'm going to keep doing this." Then I did it again and we lost. So the thing the thing about me and visualization, it is I, I like being able to adjust to what happens instead of thinking of what's going to happen. Okay. See, I can't I can't control that. All I can control is during the course of when things are happening. And because I am aware of the things that I want to do, now mm. I can come back what the teams are doing in retrospect. And then make that adjustment and, and navigate as necessary. So you made a comment that I thought was really great. You have to be able to really slow things down. How did all of those film sessions and that massive increase of awareness of what your opponent was going to do and what your own strengths were help you slow things down? Or, or how did you really do that? Right. It, it's one of those things... Um, not until you get into the fire do you truly understand mm -hmm. the dedication that's necessary. You know, as as far as I'm concerned with basketball, when I first came into the NBA under Pat Riley and and had the the, the joy of, of working with some of the greatest coaches there, you know, a, a, a Stan Van Gundy, a guy who he would get in. We, we'd arrive back in Miami at 2 a.m. He would go straight to the office and start breaking down film because that was his passion. Right. So as you, uh, you know, and I'm going to go a little further, that was his love. So when you cool. truly love something, you start taking into account all the things that involve what it is that you're in love with. So, you know, awareness is a part of love, you know, because in order to give that maximum effort of of giving to whatever it is, you 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 have to you have to have that passion for it. You have to be aware that there are things that you can do to get better. And that's where the awareness comes in. So for me, it was starting out early, watching how others approach their their job, approach mm -hmm. their love, uh, how aware they were of little tendencies of what a team does or what an individual does in order to be successful. 
That's powerful. You know, one of the things that I think I've noticed with a lot of my high school to college athletes um, that I work with, you know, oftentimes we'll watch film, right, or motivational type videos, you know, the how bad do you want it video from ET, which I think (laughs) is just baller. I love it. Um, But it's funny, you know, I ask kids to watch that video, let's for example, and and I'll overlay ET's speech of how bad do you want it, success, you know, he's talking about that. And I'll overlay it with pros if it's, you know, NBA guys training if it's a basketball team or NHL if, if it's a hockey group or NFL and and then I ask them hey watch this video and when we're done I want you to tell me what really stands out to you and invariably Bruce um, one of their reactions is wow I, I guess I never realized how hard those dudes train and, and you know in my mind I'm thinking well how the heck do you think they become <laughs> the elite of the elite but yes. I, think, I think that triggers in their minds this whole new sense of awareness that like, you know, those guys just don't walk out on the court on game day and become great or walk around in nice suits and and have families. Right. Like it took something to get there. Talk to me about your experiences in life in general, about awareness of, of how other people live or maybe don't live that has right. affected how now you live and give and serve in this world. You know, it's, it's funny. As soon as you said that, it took me back to my very first real conditioning um, uh, for basketball. And it was Coach Bobby Braswell at, at Cleveland High School in Reseda, Southern California. Okay. And, and, and I remember, see, I had never went through a conditioning before. And, and it makes you, it, you make a decision in the midst of it. You know, mm. is this something that I truly want? You know, because this is the, this is the ultimate. You know, you want to. I won't even call it sacrifice, but you, you are actually going through a phase of learning how to become whatever it is. Absolutely. You know, I I always look at how some guys. You know, and 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 I'm just going to go a little a, a a little biblical from the standpoint that. Um, when our mind shuts down, so does the body. Absolutely. You know, you know, Jesus said, you know, the, the mind is willing, but the, the flesh is weak. Mm. So if you have, if you have a strong mind, you can, you can overcome, you can do anything. I mean, the scripture says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Preach. And, and I'm not, and, <laughs> I'm, and, and, and it is so true because Absolutely. there's always been that moment where if you are working out, it always happened at working out. <laughs> if you're working out and you you have say ten more sets to do, and at seven, at seven you you decide you know what I'm just going to quit now. Your whole body shuts down. Absolutely. You can't do. You don't do anymore. And and that's that's one of the difficulties with a lot of a lot of youth today. A lot of guys that have been praised for their talent, they don't realize the work and and the sacrifice that they need to make in order for that or the old saying is when you're not in the gym someone else is and that's that is the best i think the best advice that anyone could have ever given me is that hey when you're not working someone else is and so when i look at those guys i know exactly what you're talking about you know guys look at and they see how much time it is and, and they don't realize this though Right now, when you're in elementary, junior high, and high school, that's that's what you're supposed to do. You're supposed to go to school. You're supposed to do those things. Now, right. your free time, you can put in as much time as you like. But 
Once you get to college, now it starts consuming your day. Now you schedule workouts around classes, and that's the norm because that's in preparation for the next level if you so happen to make it. Absolutely. Really, really, really well said. Um, So again, we spoke earlier about different aspects of awareness, one being physical, two being mental, three emotional, four situational. I want to go to that mental piece because you just sort of touched on it as it relates to really what the mind conceives, the body achieves, right? Or or lack thereof. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, And so... You know, what we found actually from a sports psych perspective is that people have about 70 to 80,000 thoughts a day. And unfortunately, for a large majority of the population, those thoughts tend to be negative. And, and again, from a sports psych perspective, our thoughts affect our emotions, mm-hmm. which affect our physiological response, right? Our body's response. And that's what's going to drive our performance. And, you know, so if your thought at the, at the free throw line is... Oh, shoot. Uh-oh. Yeah, exactly. Uh-oh. Right? Well, then, then you tell me. So what is the emotional thing, that the reaction that happens from that thought? Well, you know, you, you go to the negative, obviously. You know, I've always, I've always had this optimistic attitude. And, and if you remember, Amber, I wear a bow tie, and I came up with an acronym for those three letters, B-O-W, and that's being optimistic wins because it's Ooh, so important. I see you, Bruce <laughs> Bowen. <laughs> It is. It is so important that in the midst of, say, five seconds, that if you have a defeatist attitude, then you're you're never going to accomplish anything. It is it is imperative that you have the the right thoughts and and right frame of mindset. And then it's then you're you're a lot happier as well. Nobody wants to be around doom and gloom. Absolutely. Whenever you whenever you're you have something negative to say about every single thing or in the midst of a battle, people aren't going to want to be around you. So it is important that you have a different type of attitude, an optimistic attitude where you might be down 15 points with three minutes to go. The game's not over. If you right. get three stops in a row and you score three times, next thing you know, you can cut that lead to seven or six right. in a matter of a minute. So. You know, it, it is something that we have to continue to, I think, express to a lot of our, our youth that this is necessary, especially when we're dealing with kids that come out of certain type of neighborhoods. When, we deal, when we're dealing with poverty, my biological father was an alcoholic and a womanizer. He was in and out of my life. My mother, she was a drug addict. So I didn't grow up with my parents like that. Right. And so I always had this attitude that, you know what? It, Someone else has it worse than me. Right. So I can't I can't feel pity for myself because life is still going on. This is my reality. Now, what am I going to do with that reality? So we talk about, you know, basketball or sports being an outlet. It was such an outlet for me, Amber, that I made phone calls to five universities and I disguised my voice as my coach. And I said, you guys really got to check out this young man named Bruce Bowen. Now, this is just a, wow. this is a mindset. This is my now. We're also talking about a time where there was no caller ID. When the phone rang, you didn't say, "Hey, who's that calling me?" You just right. answered it and said, "Hello." That's right. what you did then. And so that's how a lot of coaches started the process of recruiting me because I talked about where we were going to be at a tournament, and next thing you know, I'm all tournament there. This this particular coach is saying, "Man, how do we allow this guy to slip through the grass?" So no matter what. It's still about your attitude and how you go about things because you too can be 
as great as you like, as long as you have that mindset. Absolutely. And that's powerful. Wow. Thanks for sharing that. And, and you know, that, that's the incredible part, right? I've, you know, I've done all my, my research in, in black masculinity and sport and worked in inner city school out in Denver with these young men. Mm-hmm. And when they really start to grasp that they don't have to be victims of their circumstance, but really from the inside out, they can start that shift and write that thought that you had of, hey, this is my reality. What am I going to do about it? Triggers that emotional response, right? Of a little mm-hmm. bit of courage, a little yep. bit of hope. And what does that do? So, so biologically, then the physiological response is going to be your heart rate's going to be a little bit lower. Your muscle tension is going to be a little bit more released. Your visual field will relax. And that in daily life is just helpful for you to be able to persist. And so, you know, again, a lot of people see you as the three-time NBA champion, ESPN <laughs> analyst that wears a bow tie, and and all of those things are incredible. I mean, obviously, and, and you, I know that you value those for what they are. But what I love and respect most about you is that you know what it took to get you there, and and your heart is still anchored in that identity of of who you are first as a man, and from what I can tell, right, a man of Christ, and, and that drives <laughs> that that drives a lot of those things. And so I love this even more because it's so funny when my friends are like, man, Bruce Bowen has such a personality. I wonder what he's like in real life. I look at him and I'm like, he's exactly the same. That's what makes him so incredible. You know, a lot of people don't realize that you spent time at ESPN at 2 Mm a.m. You know, those, I mean, it was, you know, people are like 2 a.m. Yeah, because there's still somebody there doing something for some type of show. And, and, you know, for me, it's it's always about you know how can I how can I better myself with this stuff you know that old adage if life gives you lemons you have one or two things to do you could either make lemonade or you can sit there and complain about all those lemons that are sitting there I'm more of the individual to try to make some lemonade because let's think about some of the things with lemonade fresh lemonade <laughs> tastes so good so good and, and it's so good, but it, it's not just because it tastes good, but because it's prepared. Mm-hmm. It's prepared from an old-fashioned way where it's sugar, water, and lemons. And someone with the patience to keep stirring and, and add a little love in there. And now you have this great cup of lemonade, and it all is derived from someone and their love and wanting to see someone else have a little smile on their face. Absolutely. That, that's awesome. And and from what I know of you, like it wouldn't just be lemonade. You'd find some cool glasses to put in, what? a little bit of garnish. <laughs> oh, yeah. That that uh, that time we were at ESPN late night. So we were on the East Coast. Bruce is trying to stay up till 2 a.m. to do the West Coast show. And, oh, you know, I'm, I'm hanging out backstage watching you guys do your thing. And then, and then again, at 2.30 a.m., like you said, it's wow. Hey, we got to do we got to do be on ESPN tonight. And, and that's the attitude that you have. And it's, it's just really incredible. Um, and, and I think that, you know, I, I really want to ask you a little bit more about your boys. So, so you've got a nine, nine and 11 year old. Tell mm-hmm, us a little mm-hmm. bit about what it's like to go back to coaching youth basketball. Um, because again, you're aware of a massive amount of expertise. And these little dudes are just really getting into sort of the, the, the flow of ball. So how, oh my goodness. how tell us about that. <laughs> It is it is so many different lessons that I learn whenever I coach my boys. Now, now, first of all, you know, coaching your own 
own kids. Now, you, you want to work on patience? That is a <laughs> great opportunity. So my nine-year-old's Osman, and Ohani is the twelve, the, the 11-year-old. Now, they're, they're Cuban names. Their mom is Cuban. And so okay. um, what, what it has allowed me to understand is how important it is to teach kids mm-hmm. because – you know, when you find some coaches, especially at that age group, you, you find a lot of guys on the sidelines screaming and hollering at kids. What are you doing? Go back door. But yes. the kid doesn't know what back door means. <laughs> right. So so if you teach them, then you're you're starting a process of implementing those fundamentals. And we get I now you, you can't worry about what others are doing. You can't worry about if they're not in the sixth grade and maybe they're in the eighth grade and you just you just have to go out there and compete teaching young kids today to compete without without a trophy without a you'll get you'll get you'll get extra chick-fil-a tonight without all those incentives is 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 the issue today because kids just don't play hard today just for the sake of playing hard some do but you find my kids are private school kids, so I always say they're the most difficult because they're air conditioned kids, <laughs> yes. meaning they got air conditioning at home. So when things are really going bad, they can just go in their room, grab their tablet or whatever, and, and just uh, la 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 la. Now, when I was a kid, we didn't have AC, and if if we did, it didn't come on during the summer because all the windows were open. Now, <laughs> right. was, Fresno, California, is hot as I don't know what. So, you know, when you open a, when you open the windows, if anything, you're letting the flies get fresh air. Right. That's how it is there. But to coach them, it you know, you talk about awareness. Now, I have to be aware of that they're nine years old exactly. or that they're eleven years old. And they don't know this game like I do. This game was my everything. And, and what I mean by that, it was my job. But even on vacations, I'd get up maybe at 5 a.m., go get a, a, a weight workout and a conditioning workout. Then I'd be by the pool with the kids maybe around 9 o'clock. So right. that's because that was my job. That was everything. Now with kids, you know, it you can't push them, but I believe that they need to have lines of discipline. They need to have Absolutely. structure. So, you know, our structure is okay. So we run sprints like old school after practice. And then we have someone step up to the free throw line. When they step up to the free throw line, they're getting an opportunity to now rescue the whole team. And I think that's where that, that feeling, how can you make a free throw means something at practice as it does in a game. So right. it's condition. It's the conditioning. So if you miss, we keep running. But if you make it, we're done with the running. Now, the greatest part about this is that now you're the hero. Now mm-hmm. the kid is experiencing having his part in yeah. contributing in some way, shape, or form to the team. Hey, and there's I've had a couple of first-year players on this team this year, and they've blown my mind away, Amber. Not with their athleticism, not with, with how good they are with dribbling the basketball, with their attitude. That's this awesome. one kid, this one kid, you know, when I called him to shoot a free throw, he, he comes up stunned. He's like, oh, what an honor, Coach Bowen. And I thought that was hilarious because (laughs) and it's a free throw, son. Just go ahead and shoot the free throw. Now, when he made it, all the kids run and they celebrate with him. This is what happens when someone makes the free throws. So these kids are experiencing, 
a lesson here, the lesson of being able to to perform under pressure. The pressure is if I miss, we run. But if I make it, it's no more running. We're done. And guys are celebrating what I've what I've done. I love that. And you know what? The, the flip side of that is the, re- the reality, right? They don't all make it. And, and I'm going to bet that if somebody misses it, that everybody is not like, oh, you're terrible. We have to run eggs because yep. they know, oh, I've missed they- it before, <laughs> right? Or, hey, thank God it wasn't me. And so they, they, right. that also even creates in them a sense of empathy, right? And a sense it, of, it does. hey, I, I, it's okay, bro. Like, get back. We, we got this. We can do this. That's what's, right. And, get, what's been and your Amber, experience? You with know that. that. You yeah. know, you, you're, you're saying it. You're, you're absolutely right. Uh, it's only, through sports, we learn so much. Mm-hmm. And, and even with, you know, we played a, a tournament last weekend and my oldest uh, was was dribbling the ball and he got rid of it real quick because we we're playing in a much older team. Some of these teams say that they're sixth grade, but they're really eighth and ninth. Right. So it was, it's, I mean, the physical aspect of things looking at these kids look like they're shaving already and that they drove to the game so <laughs> my son i recognize that he was he was scared yeah during the course of the game he just got off he, he gave up the ball and he ran up the court and you know there's there is a time where i would have been like oh honey get the ball bring the ball up what are you doing and for some reason you know it's still been in my head they're 11 they're 11. That's awesome. And so, and so, and so I pulled him aside while there was a, a free throw. I said, Hey, son, I said, I know that guy. He's bigger than you. I said, And he's, he's stronger than you. But you know what? All I want you to do is compete to the best of your ability. And he said, Okay, Poppy. Okay. And That's he awesome. goes out and he gets fouled. Now, the funny part to me is when he got fouled, he looked at the dude like, I, I, I didn't call the foul. The, the official did. I'm, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm, I'm really sorry. <laughs> And and so he misses the first free throw, but then he makes a second one. And when he made that second one, something happened there because it switched. Something something went on there where now he was more competitive. Mm -hmm. Now, you know, and that's that's all you want. You want everyone to have that boldness as Christ talked about. You know, be bold. You know, it's yes, that's that's how that's the only reason why David was able to defeat (laughs) Goliath. Everybody else was running and hiding. Right. And David, David was like, what's there? Look, get, give me that slingshot, please. <laughs> I practiced this before on a, on a bear it, and a lion. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so he, he, he doesn't even have claws. <laughs> That's right. But, you know, and it's, it's the simplistic form yeah. of just having that, that mindset of not, not thinking about failure, but more importantly, I don't even think that David was thinking about an outcome. Absolutely. All he thought about was, hey, you know what? Let me have a try at it. I've done stuff like this before. And so if we that's my goal is to get more of the kids to start thinking that way because it's important. It's important for them to think that way in order to be, as we talk about, success successful. That's so powerful. And I think that all of our listeners, um, you know, can really take a lot out of this in terms of parenting and in terms of youth coaching, right? Whether they're your kids or not, um, oh. our youth coaches need to hear more of these um, from individuals like yourself. And, and what I really love, too, is your emphasis on teaching, right? And you know oh. how to, to, to run a complex play or, or to do a, a 
pump shot, right? Or a fadeaway, <laughs> all of these things. And, and these right. little guys, right? Like they don't, they're working on just basic getting off the ground shots, right? You, and, yeah, exactly. And teaching. And it's so interesting because I've experienced the same thing from the mental game, right? Is that people want to talk about building mental toughness and doing all these big things. And so, you know, I, I started off having those conversations with clients. And, and what I soon realized was, you know, it's really hard to talk about complex mental strategies because you don't have the foundation of how to think right. And so that was really the impetus for this whole foundational program that I've developed called Building Your Mental Performance Foundation, which is what we're building season one of the podcast off. And so the first building block that I teach people of the foundation of that mental game is awareness. And it's so funny because it's not a sexy topic, right? It's not not confidence. (laughs) It's not, you know, intensity. Um, And so sometimes kids are like, oh, this is going to be a great eight sessions. Um, but, but I make my little guys, you know, my eight-year-olds that I work with all the way to my pros that are 35 years old go through the same program. You know, we talk about it a little bit differently. But, but by session three or four, they start to realize, wow, if I wasn't aware of who I am or what I'm thinking or my mm-hmm. emotions, well, then I can't manage my confidence. I can't manage my self-talk. I can't manage my intensity. And so... I just, again, want to reiterate to everybody out there the importance of understanding where our, our kids or our athletes or even our employees right, are at in the learning and development stage and meet them where they are. Mm-hmm. Bruce, tell me what your experience has been in terms of driving performance right, and increasing performance when we can do that, when as coaches and leaders we can recognize and be aware of where our people are and going to meet them there. How does that impact performance? And maybe even share a story if you can. Well, you know, it's, it's funny. Uh, Larry Brown said this years ago. He said, you know, you don't get better in the NBA season during the course <laughs> of the year. You get better in the summer. So the summer before that season. And so if more coaches could understand that it is truly about what you put in, not looking for things right then and there, that's not when it's going to happen for you. When it happens is during the course of maybe two, three years from now, that's when you really start to see the benefits of the foundation, the fundamentals. As you talk about the uh, bringing awareness to the kids at, at age eight, you know, they, 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 I'm sure you go through this, Amber, is that they realize like, oh, wow, I, I was aware right. because <laughs> they were able to see you know, that the, the, the runner was still in second base and they reacted. Mm-hmm. But now, now you're talking about how, hey, that's how your body's working with one another. What else is going on? Well, I know that when I have my elbow out and I'm shooting, it usually uh, is a bad shot. So now they tuck that elbow in yep. as they go into that shot process. So it, the, everything works. And, and, and again, the development is key, especially for the coaches. Developing the, 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 the development of confidence. Mm-hmm. You know, so many kids watch TV today and they see a guy shake their head after a game because they missed a shot. And I, I tell my kids, I'm like, hey, if you miss, don't look at me. Don't look at me when you miss and don't look at me when you make it. Just shoot the ball because if anything, (laughs) I don't want them worried about the outcome. I want them more concentrated on the process. And the process is being focused, go up and and get into that shot. Whereas sometimes, you know, it's amazing. I've seen kids like they they have pity parties. Mm 
Right. And and what and what I do is I had a kid turn the ball over one time, kick the ball out of bounds by himself. Now that's an unforced error, and I call him over, I subbed him out because I, I want to I want it to reach him. Right. Because if I just say something to him, he's in the game. I don't reach him. So he comes over. I said, Hey, I said, I don't mind you turning the ball over, but you're better than that. That means you're not focused right now. I need you to focus right now. Do you understand me? Yes, coach. Put him right back in. Now, now if he does it again, now you, if you choose to sub him out, now he understands exactly why and he was forewarned. Yep, Sometimes with our kids, we have to we have to let them know in certain way, shape or form. Whereas because when we were coming up, Amber, I believe it was this way for you as well. You didn't get a lot of the coaches didn't explain a lot. <laughs> no. You watched the guy in front. You watched the, the young lady or the guy in front of you and you knew how to run a drill. Right. Watching, utilizing those senses that you have. Mm-hmm. Part of the awareness is being able to see what's going on. Absolutely. And and that's something that I do now. I'm always talking about the senses. Hey, fellas, you can hear, you can talk, you can see. Let's utilize all that. That's awesome. Take us into your um, analyst role right now. Um, that, that's sort of an intense, fast-paced environment. How? What are some of the things that you're looking for? You know, specifically as you're as you're analyzing. You know, I don't look at the the fact that say Steph Curry made the shot. I look at what's going on two passes before he gets there, how mm-hmm. he sets his man up, how he he changes direction in order to come off for a screen for a screen. So, you know, when you see those things, that's the part that interests me. I've always been intrigued by the how and why. Mm, and so that. when I'm when I'm talking about these things, my goal is to try to educate someone that may not understand the certain nuances of the game and have them walk away and say, "Wow, I didn't realize that he ran down there." As far as trying to set it up, giving the big man time to set a screen for him, because if you shortcut situations, then you won't get the effectiveness of what you're trying to attain as a player. And so that's in life. <laughs> and it, and that's the biggest thing. So many people don't want to put in the work today, Amber. They don't realize that it takes work. Here it is when. Tom, I'm, I'm a huge Cowboys fan, okay. and it has, you know, I've, I've been a Cowboys fan since since I was three years old. That's so awesome. Tom Landry and Vince Lombardi were both offensive and defensive coordinators on the New York Giants when Frank Gifford was running back there. Okay. So, you know, so see, people... You know, again, I'm about the how and why. And then, you know, Lombardi, we know about his greatness in Green Bay. But he and Tom Landry were together in New York to to help the Giants. That That's incredible to me. I think about the film sessions, the conversations that were going on in. So Tom Landry goes to Dallas. And what do we have? We have the, free, the frozen tundra game mm-hmm. where it's the Cowboys and Green Bay. And just think about that. Two great minds going against each other and they know each other so well. But they didn't they didn't say, well, okay, well, I'm going to go ahead and just let him get this because we're friends because of their friendship, because of their relationship. They are well aware of one another and they're bringing the best out of one another. 
I love that. And that just goes back. So, so you keep saying the word compete, right? And, and Mm -hmm. compete, uh, I think a lot of times people perceive that as you go and someone wins and someone loses, like you just said, but, but compete comes from the Greek word of competeer, right? Which literally means, which literally means to strive together, which means you bring your best. I bring my best and we strive together to get the very best out of that situation. And so that is exactly what you just said about, about that game and, and what those two men came to that day to do was to compete, to strive together, to bring their very best. And, and the outcome of that was an awesome game, right? Yes, and, and yes. The, and the winner or loser both could walk away saying, what a game. And I think uh, in, that's it. in life, tell me what your perspective is on that and in, in how we just live our lives in general, Bruce. It is important that, you know, I think it's important for kids. Now we're talking about sports. Now I think it's important that they get that eighth grade, that eighth place ribbon. Mm. I, I mm-hmm. think it is. My, my my oldest son got a rhythm. He he got, let's say, I said ninth place and he said it was six, but <laughs> I, I don't know. But the following year, he got second. See, I think in that moment of receiving that, that ninth place, was a scenario where he said, I don't want to be here anymore. Mm -hmm. I don't want to be in this position again. So I'm going to work harder so that I'm not in that position. See, everyone, everyone is concerned with the win and like, we're winners. Well, you know what? I know some winners with some bad attitudes. Yep. I, I also know some winners that, that have succumbed to embarrassment on the path to becoming a winner. Kobe Bryant, Against Utah Jazz in the playoffs, shoots three air balls in a row. Three in a row. And we know him as one of the greatest champions right now. Yep. So Absolutely. so he has he has five championships, but no one remembers those air balls. Those air balls fueled him into becoming this person he is now. See, what people don't realize that, again, I'm all about the how and why. When he shot those air balls when they got back to LA even though their season's over with he goes to a gym near the house near his house and he shoots for hours and upon hours upon hours and that's when he realized I got to get my legs in shape I need to do more weight workout with my legs because I didn't have my legs in this game so you know we talk about these different things of what we want to teach kids I think it's so important for them to fail because mm-hmm. it's only through our failures that we truly learn what we're made of, Absolutely. as well as how how deep someone can go when it comes to that love of the game. I love that. Really, really well said. So to wrap us up here, Bruce, I, I one, want you to sign us off with your acronym for, for the bow tie, <laughs> um, but also um, give us your final response to what is your mindset on awareness? Again, this is building championship mindsets. And so as people are listening to this, maybe they're becoming aware that, hey, my mindset on what it means to be aware is not right. So hearing from a champion, <laughs> give what, what's the right way to think about awareness and how that impacts performance? Well, you know what? I think the, the best, best way to, to say that my, my mindset on awareness is, is to be present. Mm. Being present is being able to recognize what's going on within your mind as we have our thoughts and to be able to shift our thoughts when they become a little negative, absolutely shift them, shift them to positivity, and also shift them to 
improvement? How can I get better at what I'm lacking in? It takes it takes a lot of truth to be able to say, you know what? I like where I am, but I don't like who I am right now. Mm. I need to get better. So, you know, we must be we must be truthful with ourselves because everyone else can see it as well. It just comes out in, in subtle ways. So that would be, you know, that would be my mindset on awareness now. Before, as you say, I got to give you my acronym, you know, the bow tie, B-O-W. Being optimistic wins. That has helped me out so many different times in life when I've had low moments, when I'm in France and not getting drafted to the NBA, feeling bad for myself or trying to have a pity party for myself Mm -hmm. and realizing that, hey, you can utilize France to also help attain that goal. All it takes is you to improve. That's optimism. Optimism. So, you know, being cut. And trying out again, being not being afraid to stand out there and say, you know what, I want this, even if it's not going to happen right now. I want this. And when you have that attitude and that optimism of winning, winning isn't necessarily the process of gaining whatever it is you wanted. Winning is being able to reflect on that experience mm, and gather something truly special from it. I just want to reiterate that one more time, right? That that sense of <laughs> optimism is is built on being truthful with yourself of where you're at, right? He, Bruce isn't talking about it. our <laughs> listeners. Bruce isn't talking about like let's hold hands and and be happy because everything's great. Like it's not right. It's in those moments where, where we might have hit rock bottom or really be frustrated with where we are and and not quite understand maybe what's going on around us. But optimism is the choice to believe that tomorrow is going to be different and that That's if right. you can hold on to that truth and be optimistic we're gonna win bruce bruce thank you so (laughs) much for your time it's been an absolute pleasure i cannot wait until uh we intersect again live here at some point (laughs) and uh and and so i look forward to it thank you so much not a problem man bruce my pleasure all right bye 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 Wow, what an amazing, amazing interview with that guy. He just never ceases to inject me with a sense of positivity. And now I know why. I actually never knew the story about the whole bow tie and how that, you know, has always resonated to him of being optimistic wins. That is for sure uh, something that I will be taking with me to apply my understanding and thinking around of myself. Um, and, and I want to leave you with some opportunities now to go continue training your championship mindset, right? And so So the championship mindset for building block one awareness actually comes from the U.S. military. So the the military is actually one of the largest employers of sports psychology professionals, and they train their soldiers in optimal mental performance. And one of the things that they train their frontline soldiers in is what's called a three by three. So the three by three, every time a soldier advances to a new position, they're trained to go through this three by three. That stands for what are three things you see, what are three things you hear, and what are three things that you feel. And so what this does is just increases their awareness into the present moment, attaches them to the moment, and helps them make great decisions literally in the heat of battle. And so my challenge to you this week is to not only do a three by three, but do what I like to call a three by three plus one. So as many times as you think about it, I want you to run through three things you see, three things you hear, three things you feel. And one thing of excellence around you. 
Now, this might mean you have to search for it, right? If you're, you know, if you're walking down the street in New York City or you're out on a tractor plant on a field or you're getting up at 5 a.m. to hit the gym when it's still dark, you know, to train as an athlete on a college campus somewhere like here at Notre Dame when you have to walk across at five in the morning and it's dark and it's snowy and it's cold and it's miserable and you're thinking, where is the excellence in this, Right. But imagine that. So so I actually remember doing exactly that as, a, as an athlete leaving Pangborn Dorm, which is on the far side of campus trying to get to the Goog. You know, and it's 5 a.m. in South Bend in February, so it's dark. There's three feet of snow on the ground. And I just remember thinking as a freshman, wow, there's an incredible sense of silence out here that is stunning. And there's an air of excellence even just on this campus. And and so even in these moments, right, that seem really challenging or perhaps less than glorious, we can train our eye and train our mind to not only become aware of the excellence around us, but the importance of it. And so again, we mentioned that what we think about, what we dwell on, builds actual brain matter in our brains. We need to start building the brain matter of excellence. And so again, your mindset training for this week is to go through a three by three plus one whenever you can, whenever you think of it, whether you're walking, whether you're driving, whether you're laying down at bed at night or walking into your home every evening, three things you see, three things you hear, three things you feel, and one thing of excellence. Now that feel piece, just as a heads up, can be a physical feel. So, you know, right now I, I feel the the microphone in my hand, um, but I also feel a sense of excitement on the inside, right? So this can be a, something that you feel on the inside to get you in tune with that emotional aspect of awareness, or it can be the physical touch of, of feel, which can help get us in touch with the physical side of awareness. So brief recap, building block one, right? The four aspects of awareness are physical awareness, mental awareness, emotional awareness, and situational awareness. Your mindset training, again, is your three by three plus one. And just always remember to take away from Mr. Bruce Bowen, being optimistic wins. That's what his little B-O-W for his bow ties always stands for. Now, again, if you guys could hop on over to iTunes and rate and review us, we would I greatly, greatly appreciate it. It would mean a lot to us. And, and again, just increase our ability to reach more people and to share this awesome content and these amazing stories from these great people around the country um, that they're sharing with us in terms of optimizing their mental game. And then you can also find the podcast posted on our website, which is www.latnerperformancegroup.com. And then follow us on Twitter at Champ Mindsets. That's Mindsets with an S. And like I said before, I'm on team follow back. So if you follow, I will for sure follow back. And I'd love to interact with you on those social media platforms as well. It's been an awesome day. Episode two, building block one of season one of building championship mindsets podcast. This has been your host, Dr. Amber Latner. And so from the locker room to the boardroom, I continue to challenge you to build your championship mindset.